And, and then they saw me in a bra, and that was exactly. it. lies in his bed in a room with no door. He waits, hoping for a podcast, something, anything to enter. This is that podcast. I'm John Farrar, and you're listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm open. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You are listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. Welcome to this week's show. All about, we're going to... We're going to relive the Lexington show from, was it 2016, right? Yeah, yes. That our good friend here, Brad B., was in attendance for. So um, that's what we got coming on later. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, And that was our first kind of... uh, collaboration for the for the intro this week that was uh john farrar (laughs) doing his intro his his take on i'm open with a little tag at the end there from our beautiful brad b (laughs) you want to just give us another acapella version of your little part i'm open oh god it's a voice (laughs) like silk (laughs) Woo! yeah i'm gonna try out for the new american idol you know, they canceled it a few years ago, and now it's back. The show? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was canceled for a while? Yeah. Mm. Now it's like, uh, what is it like? I think I saw a commercial. Old Katy Perry is on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, great. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I like a couple of her records. It has nothing to do with her, but that show is kind of weird. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I kind of... liked her. I liked her early stuff when she was, like, Christian are you serious? No. Oh. <laughs> oh God! You know I was on a bus with her a couple times. Did I tell really? you really? Yeah. No, I never heard that story. We went to. We had. She was sixteen, and she. Uh, yeah, we were in New York playing some shows, and she came with us. And she was playing. T- oh, we were playing New York on the way to a festival somewhere, and so she rode with us because she was playing at the festival as well. Um, and we had obviously gone out drinking after the show, but anyway, she was like a Christian artist, so we had to pretend that we were totally fine, which we were. It was it was just kind of a weird <laughs> night, and she was just walking around in her sweatpants and a t-shirt in the front lounge, just, you know, Katie Hudson like, at the time. Like 16? She was, yeah, she was 16 or 17. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Anyway. Uh, was she like uh, a diva yet? No, she she's really fun. Down to earth. She's yeah. cool. Yeah, she's funny, quirky. Yeah, she's like I, her I music. Mean, it's not really my kind of music, but I don't like hate her. Sure. I get her. I get her confused with um, what's her face, Hannah Montana, because she's like cut her hair, and now they look. Oh right. They look a lot alike now. They both got real short hair, or I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I think Katie's still way hotter, but I hear you. Hey man, to each his own. You, you know you what I'm s- saying. You said it. (laughs) 
anyway, this is <laughs> we just I turned it into ladies. a Katy Perry podcast. <laughs> um, but seriously, thanks again, John, for the for the intro. Um, <clears throat> so we're gonna start off like we normally do. It is Pearl Jam story time. Good evening. This is uh, Storytellers. We are here to tell stories. We just have friends up here that are listening to stories. Have I got a little story for you? This is the true story. All right, this week's Pearl Jam story comes from Richard Huntwork. He says, hello, Brad and Brad. I've been listening to and enjoying your podcast since the end of October. I commute a lot for work, so podcasts and albums are a huge part of my day. Getting through the work week on Kevin Smith podcasts, single podcast theory, and great music, like Pearl Jam, of course, makes the week a lot more tolerable. I've been wanting to write in for such a long time. But I've enjoyed listening to the others' emails, stories, and getting into both of your takes on the topics you discuss weekly. First of all, I just wanted to point something out real quick that kind of hit me when when we got this email. I, I think it still doesn't quite register in my head sometimes that – and this comes from someone, and I know you're the same way, like that really has been listening to podcasts for a long time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot that I subscribe to and very specific ones that I, you know, whatever day that podcast releases of the week, like I'm really excited to get out of bed and start making coffee and see what I can download for the day. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. really weird to me, like to see, and I'm not comparing or anything like that, but just that there are people that listen to like Kevin Smith's podcast and ours. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Dude. Like, I mean, there's people that like, do the same thing. I'm like, oh, there's a new, you know, it's Monday. It's time for single podcast theory. That's crazy right. to me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To even be mentioned, you know, how big a fan I am of Kevin. Sure. Absolutely. Just to be mentioned in the same, the same breath is insane. crazy, man. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. All right. He says a uh, quick background on me before my Pearl Jam story. I'm 37 years old, married, live just outside. <laughs> in a row. What? <laughs> what did I say? No, he said 37 years old, and I said in a row. Oh. It's a Kevin Smith. Oh. I was like, oh, God, I misread an email again. <laughs> no, no, dude. Sorry. Uh, he says, I'm 37. I, I just, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I had to. All right. Uh, I'm 37 years old, married, lived just outside of Columbus, Ohio. I'm a drummer and overall music lover. I've seen the band 11 times. I was also at the 2013 Wrigley show and night two of the 2016 rig, uh, wait, and night two of 2016 at Wrigley. So that's pretty sweet. We were at the same shows. My Pearl Jam story. It was the beginning, or sorry, it was the spring of 1992, and I was 11 years old. I was just starting to get into music. My parents didn't really listen to music. We didn't have cable TV, and I had no idea what station to turn the radio to. Hip-hop, rap, and pop music seemed to be what all the cool kids at school were getting into, but it wasn't my thing. I never really dug it. There were some kids at school that knew about some classic rock stuff and were a little turned on to the grunge scene developing, but when it came down to it, I relied on my older cousins. They were 15 and 18 at the time, and I rifled through some of their CDs and asked them to tape uh, tape me a few. Back in those days, they would literally tape them onto a cassette tape from their CDs for me. The first four I picked up, I love this, because it's, it's like this guy and I had the same 
like yeah, musical too. life, I, you know. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he said the first four I picked were Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, Metallica, the Black Album, the Wayne's World soundtrack, and of course Pearl Jam Ten. After that, I was hooked. I listened to that tape over and over. It became such I became such a fan over the years. I bought the CDs the day they came out. I cut out the Best Buy ads that had the album pictures. <laughs> bought magazines just to get any pictures or information about the band and their music. I set the VCR for every SNL, David Letterman, and any time Pearl Jam was on TV. I did all that shit. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I traded drumming equipment for a VHS, VHS copy of the MTV Unplugged, which also had the MTV special Pearl Jam, Past, Present, and Future, and the Unplugged Tower Records performances. I bought every maxi CD single. Remember those? <laughs> Man. And as many bootlegs as I could afford. I remember paying $50 for the No Fucking Messiah bootleg and the Weird Jamming bootleg. A few friends at school told me that they have a bo- uh, told me that they had a box set of unreleased material, live performances you can't get anywhere, and tracks from the band before they were Pearl Jam. I never believed it. They called it the hallucinogenic recipe i looked everywhere and some stories said they had had it once but sold out oh sorry not stories some stores said they had it once but sold out i wanted this treasure so bad but just could not find it the first year of college was 1999 and i went to the local record shop down the sorry turn the page street from my dorm to see what bootlegs they had and to my surprise they had the holy grail that i had been chasing the box set of hallucinogenic oh god i just fucked up that word hallucinogenic recipe I spent $100 of my meal plan money to buy it, and it was worth every penny. I owe this band so much. I got into all kinds of music because of them. My already growing interest in The Who grew exponentially when I learned Eddie liked them. I gave punk music a chance and fell in love with that, which led to my eventual discovery of my second favorite band, Hot Water Music. My love of vinyl I owe to them, trying to collect as many of their LPs as I can. Pearl Jam planted the seed of meaning in music for me. Uh, I wanted to stop right there. I really like the way he said that because um, I kind of feel like Pearl Jam was one of the first bands that wasn't just cool or they weren't just a good band. Or um, And I've talked about it before, but my other really huge kind of favorite band is Zeppelin. And, I mean, there is, I guess, good stuff lyrically or whatever, but you don't really listen to Zeppelin for the lyrics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Pearl yeah. Jam as a kid was the first one that I felt like, you know, as people say, like they were speaking to me, you know, or writing mm-hmm. songs for me. Oh, yeah. Um, they showed me that you can be a great person along with being a great musician and rock star. This band helped me through tough times in my life with the loss of my dad in 2009. Backspacer came out a month or so later, and every time I hear Just Breathe, I get pretty emotional. I also saw them in Chicago shortly after my dad had passed away, and it was one of the first times I got out of the, got out of the house. They played Man of the Hour at the show, and I lost it a little bit, trying to cover up some tears by chugging the oversized, overpriced beer. The band was there for me with the breakup of lovers throughout high school and college. They were there for me when I was angry at the world, etc. But most importantly, this band has shared great times with me in my life. All the road trips, both as a kid and as an adult, all the parties and late-night hangouts with my friends... The morning of my wedding, I listened to all of 10. The last song of my wedding was Yellow Lead Better. Learning how to p- play drums like Dave A. 
or how to do better fills from Matt fucking Cameron. They've been there with me throughout my entire life. I've been a member of the Tim, Tin Club since 1997, brief stint in 1995, but forgot to renew it like an idiot for two years. Seeing that happened to me a ton. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> seeing them live is an experience, and I try and take it a different. Uh, I try to take a different friend with me to the show every time they do a tour, just so I can share the band and the thrill of seeing them live with someone who has never seen them. I love to look over at them during the show and see the look of shock in their face that says. Oh, this is why you like them so much. I get it now. Sorry this email is so long. I tried to keep it short and just hit some highlights. I'd love to continue to write you guys if you dug some of my story. I've got a lot of stories I didn't even get to. Thanks for everything you do. Keep it up. If you never, if you ever need any help, let me know. Well, he signs off as Dick E. Dickie. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, our story this week from Richard Huntwork. It was a good yeah, one, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I I had no fucking Messiah and we're jamming. Yep. Those bootlegs and the hallucinogenic hallucinogenic recipe box set. I had that too. A buddy of mine, Don, my best friend Don. Yeah. He actually bought it for me because I used we would go to this um, like little indie record store in uh, Kenosha, and I would see it like behind the counter with the hundred dollars you know right. price tag yeah and i just would drool every time and he finally got it for me one day that's and, awesome uh, it was it's awesome it, i mean at the time it was awesome i mean you can find all that stuff online now but back sure. then it was just awesome i can't remember if i had bought <clears throat> that one but i know i had no fucking messiah and um i mean i still have we're jamming we're jamming but yeah um yeah the hallucinogenic <laughs> whatever <laughs> recipe hallucinogenic. that was it was four discs and that had like unplugged on it it had the stone demos on it and it had like a like a disc of just one-off songs i'm pretty sure like sitting on the dock of the bay was on there um like satan's bed was on there live right you know and it also had the eddie uh demos like the bad radio i don't even think he was in bad radio it's basically just all the songs that he did like in his bedroom when he was a kid oh wow or teen teenager yeah Yeah, it's it was it was pretty epic to have that back then yeah i miss i I do kind of miss those days of the of the cd record stores that it also had like it had like a family tree of all the seattle bands and members Mm. it was crazy it was this giant like when you open the booklet, it was this giant like chart of all the different bands and the band members. Right on. Yeah, so. That's cool shit, man. And cool. he did he he did end his email with Three Eleven's first two albums are pretty good. So there. <laughs> you just had to throw that in, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Three Eleven. I love him. <laughs> Amber is the color of bright energy. Like that one? Yeah, that's how I sing it. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Richard. All right. Yeah. What thank you got you, next? We have got. Well, we. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but John Farrar, who was our intro this week. Yeah. Um, we kind of emailed a little bit back and forth talking about Dave A. Um, and just kind of like, just talking about how he kind of 
mishandled the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snub. Right. You know, and I mean, I I pretty much agree with him. He basically was saying, like, he just kind of was pretty immature about it, you know? Sure. And it kind of put a bad taste in people's mouth, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, like, he was an incredible drummer, you know? Right. So... Yeah, man, I'm still, I still kind of like go back and forth about it. Not that yeah. it's a huge deal, but I also kind of, I mean, how many, how many things did he put out there though about? I mean, he had like one, one thing that came out of an interview, and then one th- thing that he had put out on Facebook, right? Yeah, but he was, dude, he was commenting. Oh, um, uh, was he? People, yeah, the stuff he put out on Facebook. Like people would comment on there, and he would reply, and mm. it was it uh, just, okay. That makes things. I mean, kinda, I didn't do all that kind of. I yeah. didn't look at that stuff, but yeah. Well, and then there's there's people that were like, you know, um, defending him and saying what pieces of shit Eddie and Pearl Jam are. Mm. You know what I mean? And it and then there's there's people saying you're crazy, Dave's an asshole, and it's like. Neither of those things are true, right? But they're but it's all true. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure, sure. There's yeah. there's there's what is it? What do they say? There's three sides to a story, like <laughs> right. my side and your side and the truth, right? <laughs> so that's kind of how those Facebook comments went. Yeah. See, I didn't and, know. Not I guess it's because I'm not on Facebook. Like I didn't I didn't see any yeah. of that stuff. I just saw yeah. the the two kind of main things and. I was going to say, like, well, he just kind of put one or two statements out. And and in those, he did say, like, this is nothing personal against, like, the band or blah, 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 blah. Um, But if he was entering into the whole, like, comment section bullshit, it never ends well. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you should know better, I think, than to get into all that. It's, it's, yeah, that Facebook comments and YouTube comments. I mean, the comment section of anything is pretty toxic. Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) So. All right, then. But, but, yeah, I I pretty much agreed with, I think we kind of both agreed with each other that he yeah. was, he's was, he was great and he should have just, you know, kind of shouldn't have said anything. Like what John, what John said was he shouldn't have said anything and let the fans speak for yeah, him. Yeah, that would have been a smart think, thing to do. I mean, if I don't think anyone thinks he's a bad drummer. Hell no. You know? Yeah. So whatever. But. Well, and maybe that's kind of like a, a, a kind of example of why it didn't work out. You know, mm-hmm. like Facebook yeah. comments and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Dave A, Stuart writes in, um, hey, hi, B&B. I thought I'd throw my two cents in on the drummer conversation that always seems to be a topic of debate amongst the fans. I've enjoyed your perspectives on the subject and I agree it is really tough to pick one over the others. Personally, when I think of any band, I always go to the classic lineup first. So in that instance, Dave A. is my guy. Along with Pearl Jam, my other favorite bands are Soundgarden and Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for Jack and Matt, and love the crossover between these three. If if you think of bands like, for instance, the Chili Peppers, the classic lineup that almost everyone would say is Anthony, Flea, John, and Chad. 
That isn't to discount what Hillel Slovak, Jack, David Navarro, and Josh, is it Klingerhofer? Klinghofer? Maybe. I don't know. Josh K. <laughs> uh, Josh K. have done for them, but you're always going to go back to them at their creative best or most successful. Other examples come to mind like Metallica, Alice in Chains, Guns N' Roses, hell, even the Beatles. As I mentioned earlier, it does not discount what Jack and Matt have brought to the band. As you've both said before, Jack saved them at a critical time. <clears throat> is an incredible drummer, and I consider No Code and Yield to be some of my favorite records. As for Matt, he is a legend in his own right, and has brought that consistency the band needed. 20 years behind the stool is no mean feat, and considering he was on those early demos, it's kind of poetic that it all came full circle. Dave Cruzen and Matt Chamberlain will always have their place in the Pearl Jam legend, and are great musicians but can't really ever be considered as definitive Pearl Jam drummers due to time served and impact. Dave A. was in the thick of it when they broke. You look at Unplugged, Pink Pop, Lollapalooza, etc., and he tore that shit up. It was a shame things went the way they did, and I was really gutted that he and Jack were not included or inducted with the rest of the guys as they both certainly earned their spot. I totally agree uh-huh. with, with all that. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, there's my thoughts on the debate. And by the way, <laughs> it cracked me up that I got Brad L. to say humping and dumping <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> when my brother-in-law used to be on Tinder, that was how he used to refer to his dates. That or smash and dash. So any opportunity to put that into an email is always funny to me. Have a good one, Stuart. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Humping and dumping. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's like the first and only time I've ever said that combination of words. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Man. Well, thanks, Stuart. Appreciate it, dude. All right. So we got Bagel next, writing in about Dave A. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, just uh, read his his title email title oh because i like the I subject like, that made me laugh yeah subject line <laughs> yeah uh it says dave a and verses and diddly drummers uh he says so much time on the interwebs has been spent on the topic of dave a including by he says including by dave a himself exactly I, yeah that makes more sense now i feel sort of dirty even considering opining on the topic I'm going to try and keep it as brief as humanly possible on a complex topic. Dave A. was a great drummer in this band. Dave A. was not an astute observer of his surroundings. It is not as if he was born and raised in Seattle, grew up with, and went to school with the guys, then was unceremoniously ousted in a coup. I'm compelled to point out something that another listener emailed in regards to Dave A. and Jack weeks ago. In short... They had said that Dave A. was better than Jack, and he can't listen to songs like Brain of Jay or Red Mosquito because Dave A. played them better live. That never happened. Dave A. never performed on those songs ever. The live versions that fan liked were from 1995 with, not surprisingly, Jack Irons. I wish he could have figured out how to mesh with all the guys, but the fact that nearly 25 years later he is still griping about his exit says a lot to me. 
His ability and his artistry is not an issue. I humbly submit, given the topics of the last two weeks, listen to the studio recording of Daughter with headphones. There is a beat that he lays down just after the first verse begins and stays pretty much steady right up until the outro. I used to think it was the kick drum because it felt like the only thing that could humanly make sense, but the sound says snare. Anyway, listen to that and it stays absolutely consistent, but for one part. Given the theme of the song, the beat he is laying down is disturbingly haunting. You can you can take it from the couple oh you can take it from a couple of angles the kid methodically pounding their fist on the wall or in a much darker tone the kid being struck almost like with a belt drummers are people too dave a was a good one <laughs> that's from bagel man yeah, I love uh it. yeah bagel coming through with yeah dude the, uh, <laughs> i love like on a, he, the higher level yeah totally i mean and you know how simply it's this third paragraph, just two sentences, uh, could have been the whole email. I feel like, which was Dave A was a great drummer in this band. Dave A was not an astute observer of his surroundings. I think that that is probably absolutely true. Yeah. You know, so, uh, thanks for the insight there, Bagel. Appreciate it, dude. He's also one of our uh, patrons. He is. Yeah, man. We'll get to that. Um. Let's see here. Oh, you've got... Oh, Janan's next. Janan. Um, hi, Brad and elderly Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Versus episode was so funny. As I was listening to its last part this morning, I laughed at Brad B's confession that he was the elderly woman behind the counter in a small town Eddie was talking about. At that moment, I saw some of the students around me were looking at me strangely. Uh, <laughs> you should, um, you should, you, that, that should be a drop that you just put in like whenever, like I was that elderly woman. <laughs> I was the elderly woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she goes on to say, can't deny me. I really like it. The chorus sounds a bit simple, but the rest is awesome. Especially the riff and the opening part. The cash register sounds the cash register sound perfectly fit to the content of the song, and it reminds me of Pink Floyd's Money. I like its lyrics, and I like them saying something about what's going on in your country. Maybe you think that it's not my business at all, but I empathize with you. I saw very bad comments about the song on Facebook. Some people are angry at Pearl Jam because they wrote another political song. I understand that not everyone has to deal with politics, but I don't see why they attack Pearl Jam that much. I think American people should be thankful to Pearl Jam because they're raising their voices for those who can't. I wish musicians here in Turkey could do it too. They used to do it five years ago when the government wasn't that powerful and couldn't control everyone. But now if a rock band makes a song criticizing the government's policies, they'll be put in jail. I'm not joking. There are hundreds of journalists in prison just because they were using one of their basic human rights, which is freedom of speech. I think Americans should be thankful that they have freedom of speech and can say anything against even the president. I don't want to bore you with too much politics, but I wanted to share that with you. Uh, one last thing. It's been a long time, and I don't know if you remember it, but what you said about my intro made me so happy. Brad L. said that he was grinning from ear to ear when he heard it. I hope we can meet in person one day. Uh, thanks for all of these great episodes, and thanks for reading my story this week. I liked your comments about it. Take care and talk to you soon. Best, Junan. 
Thanks, Janan. Yeah, um, thanks. Well, I'm I glad... Dude... Well, what? Go ahead. No, 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 you go. No, you do. No, no. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like... I really, no, I mean, I uh, think that... <laughs> well, no, but I was... Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Okay, can I start? Or are you yeah, going to start? Yeah, I'm going to drink some water. Okay, cool. Um, no, I mean, I just like what she said about people giving them shit for writing another political song. I don't know, dude. I mean, I... Th- Let's see how to say... I don't want to say this without being a dick. Um... <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, that's what art is about. I'm not saying it's about politics, but what it's about is is when you are someone that creates things, and in this case, a song, you are observing your own life, the the world of the people around you, and then sometimes, you know, depending on what it is, like a global scale as well, and you're kind of filtering that through your own personal experiences and you're that's what art is <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah totally and it's like i get it man you don't you don't you don't agree with the politics or <sighs> i don't know that, well, i mean i know you're not on facebook but man she's she's right there's so many people just going off about and I, it's one thing if you just don't like the song right you know what i mean right but there's a uh, the majority of people dogging the song is based on the politics of the song i think we mentioned this last week you don't know what the song's about he doesn't mention anyone by name right. so he could be t- it's like why is it <clears throat> not why go go the song go we find out years later it's about a pickup truck right you know what i mean yeah. but i mean you could take it however you want well there's that and i, I uh, it doesn't even matter if he does i mean I, yeah, I mean, even if he said Trump in that song right. or whatever, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Get over it. That's how he sees it. Number one, number two, is it really surprise? Is it really that surprising? We're talking about Eddie this Vedder. band, right? Yeah, about well, and not and just Eddie, Eddie but and... yeah, the whole band. Like, right? They're very involved in, in not necessarily in politics, but yeah, ugh, yeah. Well, if you're a new fan then maybe this band isn't for you. Right. But if you're an old fan, you should know this is, that's what they do. Sure. You know, go yeah. listen to the, the, the majority of songs are not about politics. Right. That's the other thing. It's not like every song on every album is all about politics, you know? Sure. No, I, I agree. It's just frustrating. Anyway. Um, but thank you, Janan, for another well-worded well-thought-out email it's interesting it is interesting to get someone from another country's uh view yeah i I love it you know Mm -hmm. and i don't know yeah i thank you janan i liked it i liked it yeah even though you aren't a political person which is total bullshit um (laughs) we could talk we could talk about that one paragraph for a long time but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and maybe Janon, maybe one day we'll meet in person and we can sit down. Oh dude, that's what I was gonna that. say. We I I don't know. You ever just like have a feeling? I somehow we're gonna meet her in person. Hell yeah, man. So I always happen. Yeah, that'd be kick ass. Uh okay, cool. Um well and now we've got an email from uh one of her friends through the show, Miss Kate Cotton. 
She says, uh, hey, Brads, I feel like it's been a while. Miss you guys. I don't know how you've been surviving without my constant deluge of emails. Um, I've been crazy busy but these days, uh, crazy busy these days, but lucky for you, the fourth nor'easter of this month has blessed me with a snow day and some extra time to share some of my recent thoughts. First, we're going back to the Versus episode, which took me three days worth of commuting to finish, by the way, new record. Again, as a younger fan, I don't know if you can understand my envy, I feel when I know that you had the opportunity to live through the time period when this music was released. And for some reason, this album makes me feel particularly envious regarding this situation. I imagine myself waiting and waiting and waiting for a new Pearl Jam record, having no clue what to expect. Internet leaks don't exist, and the day finally comes. I purchase that album, take it home with me, and listen to Go for the first time, and my, ba- and my brain fucking explodes and melts through my nasal cavities, <laughs> and I realize that I will love this band with every inch of me until the day I die. And I lock myself away to listen to it over and over for days to the point where loved ones worry I may have entered a coma. But alas, I have to settle for the time period where streaming services rule the land and 95% of the music that's that's ever existed is accessible beneath the clickety-clack of my fingertips. I know, such a hard life, but it takes a little bit of the fun out of it, doesn't it? Anyway, I want to thank you guys for sharing your personal experiences from that time so I can live vicariously through you. All that being said, I think Go is the greatest Pearl Jam album opener by far. Speaking of uh, waiting for new Pearl Jam, this new song, I'm so with you guys. I fucking love it. I will admit the first listen, I wasn't so sure. After about 15 listens, I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool. But then something happened within the last few days, and it's like a switch has flipped in my brain, and I'm obsessed with it. I think maybe the live performance from Santiago was the game changer. There's something so raw and visceral about it. I love the main guitar part, and Eddie's voice just rips right through me. I can't get enough. And since becoming a fan, fan, this is the first time I've experienced what it's like to wait for a new Pearl Jam music. This girl is so fucking psyched out of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are both finding yourself well these days. We're pretty good, thanks. Uh, thanks again for sharing my PJ story, and thanks to the people who reached out to me after they heard it. And for the record, Lions, the story was meant to be both humorous and sentimental, so I take no offense in you finding it hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. <laughs> Best always, Kate Cotton. And she says, P.S., stop teasing us with the allure of bonus episodes and not following through. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, That's we'll our fault. We're we're reworking some things, and uh, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. So I promise we'll make it up to you guys. But thanks, Kate. Thank you. All right, what you got next? Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, Brads, I'm still enjoying the podcast a lot, trying to catch up on all the episodes. I just recently listened to Pink Pop 92 episode, and I wanted to add a comment or two and a question. First... While I th- uh, first, while I think the 92 show was really good, I actually think Pink Pop 2000 performance was even better. When you compare the two, you can really see the growth and maturity of the band as a unit. And they also have a much sh- larger library of songs to play from. Standout songs from that performance for me are Habit and Rival. Matt Cram... Uh, Matt... Bleh. Matt Crapperin. Matt- yeah, Matt... <laughs> <laughs> 
Matt Cameron just crushes it on Rival, and McCready looks like the coolest guitarist on the planet here. Plus, Eddie still has the intensity of 92, just without all of the bravado. Um, and he wants us to do an episode on that. Oh, we that. will. Yeah. Have you seen that? What, 2000? I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've never watched it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I've in my head, I'm like, well, it can't be better than 92, so it's just another big It's one. just different. Yeah. You know? But I, now I'm just like, well, I'm going to have to. Yeah, you really, <laughs> I mean, you definitely should watch it. It's it's, so. it's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, that's on the that's that that'll be on that's on the list of I show ideas. Um, I also caught the verses episode the other day. I have to tell you that when Brad B said that he was the elderly lady behind the counter in a small town, man, you fucking po- won with that, dude. We've gotten so <laughs> many comments and emails about that. <laughs> I know, I love it. Well, I t- I think it was Janan. I t- I told I told somebody like I think it's funny that people la- like like that so much. Because I have this weird thing where I wasn't trying to be funny when I said it. I know. It. Most <laughs> of your funniest stuff is just you being you. I've learned that. I learned that really quick in our friendship. I and, and I see the humor in it now. But at the time, that's not what I was thinking. Right. So I thought it's just funny that uh, he the people have really latched onto that. Yeah. But. He said he had a pull over in my truck as I was laughing so hard. That was hilarious. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, he says, also, Brad Lyons was talking about Zeppelin. <clears throat> Excuse me. About Led Zeppelin and his favorite albums. I, too, am a huge Zeppelin fan and have been since I was 15. Um, he says he says something about sounding like he heard a diss of physical graffiti from you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe I just had a weird voice. I love that record. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, that was never. Maybe. I don't think it's like my. Uh, maybe I was just saying it's not like my favorite Led Zeppelin record because it's not. But I think it's a great record. Yeah. The the only ones that, and I still don't even hate like In Through the Outdoor or Presence those last couple records. But um, but no man. I, sorry if I gave the impression that I don't like old physical graffiti because I do. So. Yeah. Well, he says that's his favorite, and he thinks they're best as it really shows the incredible diversity of the band and showcases all of their best elements. So if you are trying to get into Led Zeppelin, go get uh, Physical Graffiti. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's Jeff's choice and yours too, I guess. Well, I mean, it um, would be a, a good contender for like if you're new and you want to kind of hear a range of what they do, you know, I think that'd be a good one. So yeah. I agree with that. Uh, thanks again for the podcast and for giving myself and others, other listeners the opportunity to voice our opinions about the best band in the world. I'll stop trying to make a difference. No way. No Peace. way. Peace. Peace. Jeff K. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, man. Thank All you. All right. Let's see here. <clears throat> oh, it's the last one. All right. Yeah. What do you got? We got, uh, we got a new listener. From the UK, writing in here. This is today, uh, mate. <laughs> wrong country. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Cheers. Uh, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Is that- <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Robert. Um. Yeah, Robert Haynes. He says hi, Brad and Brad. Just wanted to say ha- say how great I found the podcast to be. S- Wait a minute. Did I just have a stroke? 
<laughs> Did, Did I? You? Just uh, wanted to say uh, how great. Oh, man. No, <laughs> but. Oh. <laughs> I quit. <clears throat> Slow down. It'll just be Brad Solo from now on. Hey, guys. So. <laughs> We're gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk. Just yeah, me, I'm gonna Brad talk B. about. Yeah, Brad B here. I'm gonna talk about. I'm just Brad now because. Oh yeah, it's just me. You're just Brad. It's just Brad. Single podcast theory with Brad. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to say how great I found the podcast to be since stumbling upon it via the porch forum. Ooh. I'm up to the No Code episode so far. No Code was the first Pearl Jam record I heard back in 1996, and it remains my favorite to this day. As you've suggested in earlier episodes, the first cut is often the deepest when discovering a band's music. However, not having been part of the Pearl Jam online community, it came as a genuine shocker to discover in 2018 that I wasn't the only fan on earth who would rank No Code at number one. I always assumed that other fans would uh, shit on anyone who dared rank it above 10 versus Invitology. Well, you are in good company, my friend. Um, No Code was nothing less than an education in music for me at that time. Having previously been uh, mainly into metal, it opened my ears to uh, musical subtlety sometimes. Cool song outros, Hail Hail, Eastern musical elements, Who You Are, Blues Rock, Smile... Folk, Off He Goes, Garage Rock, Habit, Guitar Noodling That Actually Enhances a Song, uh, Red Mosquito, Punk, Lucan, Spoken Word. I'm open. Oh, we didn't even talk about that before. That was nice. That was, yeah. <laughs> that worked out really good. We got like good. a Vulcan mind melt yeah. going on. <laughs> and Turbocharged Surf Rock. Mankind, which I love. It works better with stone on vocals and has such a uh, catchy witty chorus if yes. you haven't already, thank you thank you robert I, I gotta i gotta i'm gonna respond to that in just a second hold on uh, okay. if you haven't already i hope a future episode can touch on the brad album interiors from 1997 yeah man i mean we are going to continue to uh, find the right times to do all the side projects so that will be in the future i don't know when but it will be there uh, finally, I think it was Brad Lyons who mentioned in the No Code episode his dislike of overproduced heavy metal. If you haven't, I was going to ask you about this. Uh, he was talking about a band, uh, their debut records from 95, a band called Down. Have you heard them before? Yes. You had? Do you like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. The singer is, I the, how is I Phil that. Anselmo. His, yeah, what? I don't know how. It's what? Phil Anselmo. Phil Anselmo. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, and they sound they're similar to to Pantera. Okay, maybe I would have. So yeah, maybe if I listen to it, I'll go. Oh, I, that uh, record. I haven't dug real deep into them, but after we got this email, I, I listened to that that first album, and yeah, it's it's. If you like Pantera, you'll I love you'll Pantera. Love Down. Yeah, All right, cool. Dude, you'll, I'll listen to it tonight like then. But uh, you know, Phil Phil has got like four different side projects, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but. Yeah, Down's good. Okay, cool. Uh, he says, keep up the good work. Rob from the UK. Thanks, Rob. Um, yeah, thanks, Rob. Well, and what I was going to say is that something mm-hmm. has happened. I was driving down the road and, oh, yeah, and I was just listening to No Code, top to bottom, and Mankind came on. I didn't even think about uh, switching it or skipping it, 
and I was singing along, not in like an ironic, ironic, funny way. I was actually just like I caught myself singing Getting along with it. it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. Kind of turned the corner. I mean, I still think it's the worst song on the record, but yeah. Well, I I have my own turning the corner. Oh, you did? But yeah. Um, again, I I'm not all the way there, but Pink Floyd. Um, what is it? Comfortably numb. Uh-huh. Pearl Jam played that the other night. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I think I like this song. Mm. Not everything, but I'm coming it's a around. Good song, to, man. Yeah. We're gonna well, ease, we're gonna Jam ease you into it, man. Yeah. That's Clint that's and I are gonna I find a way to ease you into this. <laughs> um. But yeah, he mentioned um, finding us through the porch. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. And, um, yeah, we got... I'm going to read a quick message we got. Somebody okay. posted on there. Um, this is Severed Hand 13. He says, Please, someone explain to me why I just started listening to this podcast. I have a pretty long drive to work every day, often travel from New York City to Virginia, and do a lot of cardio where I need stuff to keep me distracted. This podcast will entertain me in all those areas for a long time to come. Love the discussions I've heard so far, and even when I disagree, I understand where the hosts are coming from and appreciate the thought process. This is what's great about Pearl Jam and music in general. We all have different ears and brains, which make our experiences different. Thanks to the Brads for providing great content about the best band in the world. I'm trying to kill some time before my 27th and 28th shows in Boston. Damn! Hell yeah. This podcast will help me get there. Cool. Joe. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, dude. I, I, that was really kind. That dude, yeah, really nice of him to say that. And it's kind of feels good to hear that from this dude in particular because um, I've seen him. I've, I don't think I've ever interacted with him, but I've seen him on the porch. I, like, recognized his hand. Oh, right on. So cool. he's, he's been on there a bunch. So that was that was pretty cool. Well, and that's and, uh, a pretty, for me anyway, I, I think you'll agree, that's a pretty high compliment uh, hearing that even when he disagrees with us, he still feels like he understands. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like that kind of discourse. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. nice to, that, you know, they don't just shut it off. Like, fuck those guys. Well, and, and hopefully we don't come across as like, I mean, we definitely have our opinions and stuff, but hopefully we don't come yeah. across as like, this is the way you have to like it or right. whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hate that shit. I love that voice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> just, you just can't, I mean, you want me to do a whole show like this? Yeah. No. So what do we got next? Um, well, next, just wanted to... Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to do Coming it up in that voice. Yeah, there you go. Bro. Um, but it was, that was Joe? <laughs> that was Joe. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, dude. Thanks, Joe. Um, all right, cool. Well, now we're going to move on really quickly uh, just to, especially if you're just getting into the show or whatever, we do now have a Patreon page. You can find us, uh, the email or the email, the website is patreon.com slash single podcast theory. And it's just a cool, easy way, uh, another kind of level to engage with us, um, and the show and also support the show. None of the money is going, you know, to pay our bills, anything like that. As far as personal bills, it's just help it's to help grow the show. So, um, if you guys want to do that, that would be awesome. If you can't, 
No worries. But we do have some new patrons this week. You got the list? Very good. Yes, I do. Uh, Chris Perea. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Perea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew McWhorter, who we've, we've gotten emails from him before. Kate Cotton. Kate. Kate. Uh, Bagel. Mm-hmm. Patrick Bogle. Bo- is it Bogle or Bogle? Or I think, uh, I've always Bogle, said Bogle. Right? Yeah. Okay, Bogle. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I always say bo- uh, Bagel, but then I was like, well, maybe I should say his real name for... This, yeah, give him know, some fucking respect, yeah. Brad B. Patrick Bogle and Jim Smith. Man. So thank you guys. I'm sorry, Tim Smith. Tim Smith. I oh, got it. Well, we uh, just lost one of our patrons. Yep, Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Thanks. Real professional, bud. No, but seriously. I know it, sir. Scribbly. Thank you. To, uh, we've only been doing it for two weeks now, and uh, the support has been amazing. So thank yeah, you guys so much. Yeah, seriously, thank you. Thank you guys so much. That's really humbling. Um, so that was our Patreon spiel. We did the emails. So, uh, yeah, man. I think it's time to move on to the, the Lexington show. Okay. Do you want to talk about Lollapalooza real quick? <laughs> oh, only how long have we been talking? I don't know. Let me go look and see what our time is. Here, I can see it right here. Mm. Oh, God, an hour? Well, that's an hour. It's probably been about 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, we. it says an hour and four minutes, but that was when you clicked on. So. Right. I um, mean, it, just, just, just real quick. I mean, we don't have to go through the whole set list. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I hope not. That would be like <laughs> two hours until we I got know, to the show. I <laughs> um, no, I, I just mean, what do you to want to say? Out just that they played last night and it was awesome. And there was a couple of special okay, cool. special treats. Um, <laughs> let me think about where we are for editing. Uh, God, what did I say? You were saying that was our Patreon spiel and that was it. Oh, and I said, uh, and we did our emails. So maybe you just kind of pop in and just say real quick before we move on. Yeah, let's talk about. Yeah, just do that real quick. Okay. So real quick before we move on to the Lexington show, um, the time we're recording this, uh, they played Saturday night. So if you're hearing this on Monday, it was two nights ago. They played uh, another Lollapalooza show in Brazil. Um, and they they tweeted Pearl Jam Radio tweeted out like it's a good day to be a Pearl Jam fan and me and you kind of went back and forth thinking it was going to be like a new album but they announced that they were going to stream this show live yeah so if well I mean <laughs> if 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 you live are you talking about the audio uh well, they, if you lived in Brazil, you could watch it on YouTube. Right. And for anyone else that has Sirius XM radio, you could have listened to it there. But there were there were ways to work around that. So <laughs> as he as he twists his mustache. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Internet nerds, I love you for helping me watch the show. <laughs> yeah. Right. But anyway, so I mean, you I know you didn't get to really you you watched. 
the first or you heard the first few songs and that was it yeah i mean and i had to i couldn't keep listening to it unfortunately but i was yeah. i was like motherfucker they opened with wash and yeah, into dude. corduroy i would have loved yeah. to have seen that as the openers <laughs> holy yeah. shit it was a pretty i was expecting another quote-unquote festival set list right but they they you know they come out with wash then they rocked out for four or five songs mm-hmm. um they played can't deny me which um again eddie kind of talked about the um all the high schoolers marching because right. that was going on back here in the u.s before the show started um and it was awesome i mean that's dude i that song every time i hear it live because this is like the third or fourth time they've played it live mm-hmm. i just like it more and more dude live it's and sick it's yeah, Eddie fucking with goes Eddie, for it in those verses, man. <laughs> Woo! And he's just he's going, you know, cowbell. He goes nuts on that cowbell. It's, it's fucking he goes, awesome. He goes straight cowbell, dude. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Is that what you just said? He goes cowbell. That was yeah. amazing, dude. He went straight up cowbell on that bitch. That fucking song. Yeah, yeah, man. I yeah. dig it. He tore that cowbell up. <laughs> So yeah, but they but then uh, Perry Farrell came out and they played Mountain Song. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I'm that right. was awesome. They played they, play, they played uh, Breath. Oh yeah, awesome. that's right. Yeah, they did a little snippet of a Talking Head song called "Pulled Up." Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm kind of scrolling through here. Uh, they played "Hold On." Come on, dude. I know. The show was awesome. I know. I was and so then, pissed uh, when I read the set list. It was it was pretty great. And you know what's great is like I'm so used to watching these shows on Periscope, so it's like awful video, right. awful sound. It cuts out. You got to find another Periscope or Facebook Live. Um and this was like beautifully produced and there's camera angles and close-ups and it's awesome. Yeah. So the encore they came back out and did Smile, Comfortably Numb, Alive. Bob O'Reilly, and then Yellow Ledbetter, but it was like cut short. I guess there was a, a hard curfew, oh. 10, 10.30 curfew, mm-hmm. and like it, it was like Eddie like was barking out like commands to Mike, like to like, hey man, <laughs> like like we gotta go, <laughs> and the the end the the song just ended like at I don't know how to say it. it there was like no. Uh, you know how band stops, but just Mike like a hard keeps, stop. Yeah, yeah. They just they just stopped. They just pretty much stopped the song <laughs> and didn't. Peace. Let, they didn't. Yeah, pretty much. They didn't let Mike do his like like his whole ending thing. Oh, at the end, it just yeah. was. It just was done. We're That's done. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was awesome. I mean, they they sounded great. The, the show was. They performed really good. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that in there real quick hell yeah man getting little hopefully little yeah, snippets of what we we can expect in the states yeah dude so yeah i can't wait for can't deny me yeah so. oh dude i can't i can't wait to hear what the rest of the record is <sighs> gonna sound like you know what i want dude i want to get to chicago two days early get in line in the ga line and i want eddie's drumstick all right so all right. can we make that happen oh yeah, yeah. i mean i'll just call him it's fine. No worries. 
so all right cool well thanks for giving us the rundown yeah it was awesome all right well that was emails patreon and uh Lollapalooza. so we're gonna get on to uh brad's recount of the uh the lexington show tell me your story pearl jam in lexington april what was it 26th oh you you knew yeah man 2016 dude yeah april 26 2016 lexington kentucky um we'll go back though a few months before this the rumor was before they announced this uh 2016 tour uh, the rumor was that one of the cities they were coming to was Nashville and that they were going to be playing at Bridgestone. Mm. And I was psyched. Because uh, Bridgestone's like the closest arena to me at like just at two hours Two away. hours, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that'd be great because they never come here. And then at the last minute, they announced the tour and that they weren't playing in Nashville. They were playing at fucking Bonnaroo. Uh. And I am... I am not a festival person. Fuck that forever. Right. I have absolutely zero desire (laughs) to ever go to Bonnaroo. Yeah. Anyway. So, and well, and Bonnaroo is like another 45 minutes to an hour south of Nashville, isn't it? Not Bonnaroo, but the 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 city of Bonnaroo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about... It's a little over an hour away, I believe. I mean, I never went. But I just remember when that festival started, I was living in Nashville. I remember the first time, uh, I don't know if how familiar with the idea of the festival I was or whatever, but I just remember there was one weekend where all the interstates in Nashville were packed with a bunch <laughs> of dirty kids in SUVs with like hippie stickers all over it. I was like, what is, is there a fish show I didn't know about? Like what's going on? They're like, Oh, it's Bonnaroo. Everyone's driving in for Bonnaroo. And I was like, Oh no, I'm never going to this one. (laughs) I don't really hate dirty hippie kids. I'm, um, I'm just messing around, but yeah. (laughs) Bonnaroo for people like me that lived in Nashville is just a pain in the ass for traffic for a weekend. You know? Oh, I can imagine. So anyway, Lexington. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to that. But I was like, well, Lexington is like four and a half hours away. And I wasn't like thought about it. Like it's that's kind of far, but it's Pearl Jam. And so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to put in for tickets. And I won through the 10 club. So got two GA tickets and, um, told my son like if you can you know if you can get the time off i'll fly you into lexington and we'll go to the show together and he was like hell yeah but so, that you live in seattle yeah <laughs> which is hilarious yeah. you're flying him from seattle to come to lexington yeah. for a pearl jam show. yeah but i didn't want to fly out there oh sure i guess i could have i think i don't know whatever dude what do you man no, I'm not knocking giving, it. I'm saying it's <laughs> literally it's funny that. Yeah. Anyway. Well. I don't know so, why we have to fight in front of everybody. <laughs> it really makes people uncomfortable. I, know, dude. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm. You know. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm in a like combative mood. Okay. And I shouldn't be. Well, just remember that I'm your friend and ally, not an enemy. Yeah. Don't yell yeah, at me, man. dude. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, the day before, well, so my nephew got word that I was going to this concert and that his cousin was coming and he wanted to go. And I told him, like, dude, I only got two tickets and, you know, I'm sorry. But tickets, they still had tickets on sale. It wasn't sold out, but they were like the nosebleeds. Mm -hmm. And they were playing at Rupp Arena, which is the uh, UK, the college up there. Mm -hmm. And Rupp Arena is huge. Yeah, I've never been there. It's gigantic. Oh, man. It's gigantic. And the nosebleeds are straight up. I mean, just like every nosebleeds, but I mean, this place is so gigantic. I said, at the very worst, you'll have nosebleeds, but hopefully we can find someone that's got better seats, maybe even GA. He was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going. And I said, besides that, it'll be a fun hangout with, you know, me and your cousin. Right. So he he was into it. So we left the day before, um, drove up there. Um, and it's like I said, a f- like four and a half hour drive. We got up to the airport, picked up my son Shane, and we drove by Rupp Arena, and there was already people like camped out in line, Ooh. in the GA line. Right. And I was like, oh boy. And I'm like, I'm very, I'm a princess. I can't like sleep out on the concrete. <laughs> so. <laughs> We just were like, "Fuck it, we'll we'll get up as early as we can, and get in line and hope for the best." So we went out to um, Buffalo Wild Wings because the Blackhawks were playing, and it was Game Seven. Mm. So I was like, "Well, let's go hang out." We hung out, and I was there was a bunch of Blackhawks fans in there, so that was cool. But we were all wearing, like, Pearl Jam gear, so we ran into a couple different fans, you know? Right. And uh, it was just, it was, it was pretty cool just talking to people that were, that were there for the concert the next day, you know? Sure. Um, so we uh, watched the game. They lost. Blackhawks lost. That kind of sucked. But we went back to the hotel about midnight, and we were like, all right, we'll get up at, like, 4 30 and get down there at five and you know my nephew's alarm went off at three because that's what time he gets up normally for work so yeah we got up at three couldn't fall back asleep said fuck it got up and we were down there about 4 30 um and there was there was probably 40 people in line in front of us so that's not bad. That's not because bad. usually, usually the rail will hold like fifty to sixty people. Okay. So I was like, "All right, cool. We're we are probably going to get rail." So hanging out uh, the GA line is just, I mean, it's just like a family kind of atmosphere. Like everyone's there to see Pearl Jam, so we're all like fans, right? And everyone's just like chilling out and cool you know it's kind of like a camp campground kind of vibe going on sure you know especially at four in the morning <laughs> you know what i mean everyone's pretty pretty uh quiet and and just tired but, <laughs> right you know what I mean? yeah. as the sun starts coming up and more people show up and you start like 
making friends and acquaintances with these people, you know? Um, it's just kind of a, I don't know, it's just kind of a cool thing. But um, the dude we were sitting next to that was already there, his name is Craig, he was there with his wife. They were from Libertyville, Illinois, and Libertyville is the town that's right next to Mundelein where I grew up. Oh, cool. So I was like, that's crazy. Um, and then the dude that showed up after we got there, his name was Nathan. He was there with his sister. Nathan's the dude that went to uh, Wrigley with me. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. With his son. Yeah. And they were in. They were in. Let's play two. So, but that's where I met him at Lexington. Um, and then there's a girl named Jenny that showed up. She drove like she said she worked all night and then drove like three hours straight. Ugh. And she set up a tent and slept like she i couldn't believe it i don't know how she slept like all day you know what i mean she got up around like three or four in the afternoon and then was hanging out um but i saw her at wrigley also which was pretty nuts because it was so random me and nathan were just like walking i think back to my car and she like drove by us like hey guys <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> like it was just so crazy What's you know up? yeah <laughs> um i met um a guy named bob that's from chicago that i've talked to him online a few times but finally met him at the lexington show um he's a real good dude that's the dude that i sent you the picture of him in the bleachers at wrigley with eddie during a cubs game oh yeah yeah. he's he's from chicago so he lives like two blocks from wrigley field right there in wrigleyville so but that was cool finally meeting him in person um and then i think so later on they you know they open up the merch booth and people are in line and uh i was i went and got (laughs) was poster world uh as big of a calamity or uh anxiety inducing (laughs) situation as what you described uh from wrigley oh (laughs) no actually this wasn't that bad um the, the person it, behind the, the register wasn't like what <laughs> huh no they were they were they this was a little bit easier plus there was only one poster as opposed to like five at wrigley right so um but now this went a little bit smoother but at some point shane came up to me he's like dude you got to talk to this 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 guy he's from holland i'm like okay went over talked to this dude and his wife um and he's yeah he's from holland his name's like art i don't know how to pronounce it arjun okay uh but anyway um real good dude been to a ton of shows and he was like have you ever seen the like bootleg from holland in 1992 den hog and i'm like yeah like i've listened to it a million times i've seen it on youtube he's like i filmed that what? I was like, yeah, yeah. I've got, like, no I've got way. that on disc from back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I just brought a camera with me and decided to, to record it. And he's like, that's that's me. And I'm like, holy shit, like that's awesome. And um, he's uh, he took a bunch of pictures and videos from the show and sent them to me afterwards. Um, so that was pretty cool. Nice. <clears throat> saw him again at Wrigley. <laughs> you know, it's like I 
I don't go to as many shows as these people, but it's pretty cool that I've met so many people in Lexington and then, you know, was able to hang out with them later that, that year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. At, at a completely different show. Little road family. I mean. It's like, yeah, I mean, the, the GA line is, I don't know, dude, it's hard to explain. It's just such a cool cool vibe man it's like bonnaroo it's been no it's not um well that's one thing i'm excited about you know at least we know i mean we're going to the chicago shows this time around and even if i can't like get in or whatever if we don't figure out tickets it's gonna be fun just hanging out with everybody Dude, it's gonna be fun yeah i don't think we'll be in a ga line but it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome there's gonna be so many people just hanging out and run just running around Wrigleyville. It's it's gonna be cool. Yeah, man. So, but um, anyway, so the um, the doors finally open to let us into like the next door where we're waiting to go through security. <clears throat> but security was a complete clusterfuck because we were all in line, one single line. And the security came out and said, okay, you got to come in here and line up. They had like five separate lines. So there was people like behind us, like uh, filing into the other line. At the top. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it became a clusterfuck. And like um, there was people like that dude, Bob, because he was like first in line. He was like trying to explain to security, like, look, you can't, the way you just did this. Like, all these people have been waiting here since overnight, and at, you know, four in the morning, like us, there's people in front of us now in these other lines, you know? Right. And they're like, we're, no, we're we're in line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, I was kind of freaking out. But they did, they did kind of get, like, the first 50 people in, in the correct order. Right. You know? So we were just, we got in, got down to the floor, and we were on the rail um, on Mike's side. Pretty much all the way to the left side, if you're facing the stage. Right. Um, but we were on the rail, and we were in front of Mike, like, all night. It was fucking incredible. You love Which, that Mike side. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and Jeff is over there, too. Yeah. So... You know, we're pretty much in front of them the whole night. And Eddie's kind of a little bit farther away, but not really. You know what I mean? Because we're right there up front. So, I mean, it was, it's fucking incredible being that close, you know? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> we're standing there waiting for the show to start. And I start talking to the security guy that's in front of me. And at some point, he was like, hey, man, um, would you could you take some pictures or can you send me some of your pictures if i give you my phone number i'm like yeah and he's like i you know i'm not like the biggest fan of these guys but i did see them at Lollapalooza in 92 and then they play yeah they played they also played lexington in in 03 and he was at that show too and he's like tonight obviously because i'm working i can't i've got to face the crowd the whole night so could you get me some pictures? And I'm like, sure. So we exchanged numbers, and I sent him. I sent him pictures like the next day. Um, I I asked him too. I said, hey, can you get me a set list? Like, 
And he was like, I will try, but he's like, I can't go on the stage and get one. But right. if there's one that I can reach, I'll give it to you. Um, and they actually ended up moving that dude, like, after the f- the f- the main set list. They switched him out. I don't know why. But so I was like, oh, no set list from that dude. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but, man. Um, yeah, people love, and I get it. Like, <clears throat> I mean, when I used to tour all the time, that I I I would just automatically like at least grab my set list, and yeah. and just hand it to whoever was on the rail in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Or, or get yeah. if I couldn't reach them, get the security guard to just yeah, because they all, you know, it's like that for every show. It seems like it's like someone wants a pick or a drumstick or the set list. But I do think that the set list is the most coveted thing. Yeah. You know? I love getting them. Yeah, I, totally. I mean, Absolutely. I've only got a few, but, um, I got a set list signed by, uh, morphine, the band. Oh, really? Yeah. They played a, um, small club here in Birmingham just a few months before Sandman died. But, um, that was that was pretty kick-ass. Not only to get yeah. to get the set list, but then to <clears throat> sneak back there, and they were cool enough to sign up for me and my buddy yeah. Van. So I love that yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, when I saw Slayer, I was able to get one a set hmm. list, and um, I went by the by the buses and hung out. And Carrie King came out and signed it for me. Oh wow! And uh, me and Amanda <clears throat> went to see a day to remember a couple weeks ago, and we were trying to get a set list <laughs> but they these motherfuckers the drummer threw a drumstick out and these two dudes were literally fighting over it like they were would not let go of either <laughs> so end of weird. it i know <laughs> i'm just like man and uh, so they these this there was a group of these people like like killing each other mm-hmm. to try and get set lists and drumsticks and i was like let's go yeah it's really cool but it ain't that big of a deal (laughs) yeah but here's what happened we walked past the sound guy i'm like hey man can i get a set list and he just like took it right off and handed it to me nice so i was like yeah so i got uh she caught a pick she caught one of the dude's picks so i made up a little i framed the pick and the, the ticket on the on the set list for her so right on Anyway, yeah, I don't have any Pearl Jam set lists. I wish. We're going to get one one day, bud. Yeah. I don't know how. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. <clears throat> It'll be, but. we'll get it uh, by using dollars on eBay. That's how we'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one from uh, 311. I know that gets you excited. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to drive up to Paris, Tennessee, and sneak in your house and steal it. <laughs> This show was one where, because um, I did watch you know some of the YouTube stuff. I love it when right. bands like that come out with all the house lights up. Oh, dude, yeah, the intro. Um, yeah, they come out with all the lights on, and then they start playing Lightning Bolt mm-hmm. with all the lights on.
If you got yourself standing, whatever you replied, she took as yeah. And uh, it's just that slow build, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I want to say it's like into the second verse. And then they start pulling the house lights down and doing the real light show and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can even hear in the crowd like people are excited, but once the house lights come down and this like the show lights come on, mm-hmm. it really the crowd really goes nuts. It's a really such a cool fucking effect. I think we talked about it before. Um, they yeah. did the same thing. I think in New York when they played Go, mm-hmm. they opened with Go and they just played this little pre jam. And then the lights all went out, and they went into the song. So, well, and this is one of those set lists too. I mean, I know we're kind of doing like a quote unquote track by track, but it's, yeah. it's someone that wasn't at the show. And just looking at the set list, it's like those first six are woo, lightning bolt yeah. into mind your manners, into animal, into why go, into deep, into Satan's bed. That is not mm-hmm. a slow burn opening set right there. <laughs> no, dude. Damn. It, it was incredible. And, you know, I, I love Release and Oceans and Long Road. And when they open with those songs, it's a real, like, uh, emotional, like you said, slow burn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But this fucking, when they do this, because it's kind of rare, um, it's it's so like you just your mind like my head explodes because i'm like oh this is what we're doing you know what i mean it's just that that slow build up to in of lightning bolt and then when that song takes off it fucking takes off yeah and then they the band just takes off i mean um like you said they go into mind your manners second then they then animal then why go and then deep Mike on Deep, I think it was on Deep. He's like super mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, it was. It's cool to watch just on just the shitty YouTube video right. or whatever. But well, and that he was dude, he like was I said, I'm, I'm like I'm on the rail. Then there's the like two feet of the security pit, and then there's Mike mm-hmm. on the end of the stage going fucking crazy. <laughs> right. It's incredible. And Jeff yeah. is like five feet behind him. Just rocking out on his, uh, he's got like you know one of those rugs, you know what I mean? Just standing in yeah, front yeah. of his amp. It's it's it was incredible. Um, and then they start playing Satan's Bed.
which was just like holy shit <laughs> you know like i love that song it's a deep cut um and it was kind of cool that it was early in the set usually a song like that would be you would think would be later on right but it was it was just it's such a fun song too you know well and they've only played it like 35 36 Ye- times i think yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's not one of those it's not a common song so right um, but I do have to say that Stone just lost his place, and in the second, like in the second verse, he just stopped oh, really? playing altogether. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck it. Yeah. You guys know the song. Yeah, it's just Jeff and Matt and Eddie singing. <laughs> and he does. He he does eventually pick it back up, but it's it's pretty funny to just like. Well, I'm good. I'm well, that's out. <laughs> th- that's the price you pay when you have the guts to like you know come up with set lists right before the the yeah. show and yeah. when one of those play a song that they haven't played <laughs> in but thirty five times. Right. Yeah, totally. So that was that was pretty cool. Well, I love how they'll do just these abrupt, or to me anyway, abrupt transitions, like going from Satan's Bed, you know, number six, into mm-hmm. Elderly Woman, number seven. I seem to recognize your faith. Right. I mean, what yeah. a fucking vibe change right there, you know? Yeah. Yep. And th- to be honest with you, like, I'm not trying to skip us ahead. I'm just no, saying, dude. like, from my perspective... So you go Satan's Bed number six, which totally fits in with that that first part of the set, and then Elderly Woman. But it's not like they went from Elderly Woman to another acoustic type, more singer songwriter folky, whatever you want to call it. Then <laughs> right. they go into Corduroy. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah. Mean? yeah. But then they're back to Sirens. It's weird right. how that section. And I'm not knocking it. I just, you know, transition wise, it's just an interesting. It's one of those things the nerd side of me really wants to know when Eddie slash the band were deciding on the set list, which from what I understand, it's mainly Eddie. But um, like what him made what made him want to go from Satan's bed to elderly woman to corduroy? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. anyway, I don't know if um, I don't I, I I assume I haven't done this. I should go back and look at the 03 set list because I think from what I've heard, Eddie's like super conscious of not wanting to play the same, same songs That's in true. the same city. Yep. You know, that could have had something and, to do with uh, I'll tell you something else. I've, I have mentioned this on, I think Facebook, um, but I, I just got the feeling that Eddie was like, super pissed off about something when he first came out for these first few songs oh really i don't know how to i don't know how to describe it but it just seemed like he seemed the only thing i could like assume is like some shit went down backstage right before they went on Hmm. and he was still in this shitty mood for the first like four or five songs and then they got through those and then he kind of like talked to the crowd like hey good you know good evening everybody that kind of thing right and then it seemed like okay he's calmed down but i swear to god for the first 3 or 4 songs it just seemed like he's really upset about something you know right that's and, interesting cuz i and i only say this just to throw a different 
perspective because it's so i mean that's the beauty of a live show is you you kind of i don't know how to say it like your perception of the vibe of the night is you can't replace that by watching the youtube videos or right i mean i'm glad that stuff's up there to watch or whatever because when i was looking through this knowing that we were going to talk about this show since you were there i felt like uh, he was in a super good mood because he walked out with his right. bottle of wine and he uncorked mm-hmm. it with his teeth and then he puts the guitar on and Matt counts it off and Stone starts just the beginning of that riff and Jeff mm-hmm. and Eddie are kind of bouncing up and down to the kick drum. But and it's just funny to hear that in context up against you actually being there and feeling yeah. like there was something aggressive or angry or something going on at the beginning there you know yeah i don't know if it was just some weird subtle thing that i picked up on and i could be totally wrong sure but i i just remember in that moment being like what is he so mad about mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh <laughs> i don't know it seemed like he calmed down but again it, it could have just been me taking it the wrong well, way and it could have just been him trying to put himself in in the mental space to pull off those first six songs. I mean, Lightning Bolt's yeah. not an angry yeah. song, but the yeah. rest of them are. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, mm. Satan's Bed, Where Were Elderly we? Woman, oh, yeah, Elderly okay. Woman, and then yeah, they slowed it down for a minute for Elderly Woman, but then they came back out with Corduroy, you know? Right. And then, um, and then Sirens. That was like so. I know you're not like, a big uh, fan, but was mm-hmm. it cool live? Uh, okay. All right. I mean, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I'm zipping my lip. I skipped it last night, re-listening to the show. Really? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! You're even there, and you still skip it. Skip. Ugh. <laughs> Brad. Okay, well, what about education then? education was fun um he had a little speech about because we were at like i said we were at the university of kentucky right that's where their basketball team plays we're gonna play this one and and dedicate it to to all the university intellectuals in the audience tonight everyone's raising their hand at once yeah this is this is for uh no, don't, 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 uh, I gotta say, you know, a lot of us, some of us, I don't know, um, did any of us graduate from university? 
Don't tell our kids. Don't tell our kids that we didn't graduate because we're going to try to pull off that that lie for as long as we can. But um, as we come to a university, well, I tell you, we're having a great time playing universities. <laughs> this is great. I finally got to go to the university. Um, so, uh, this is for all the, 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 the teachers and, the, and the, the students and the smart guys and the great women and... Uh, it's called education. And you, you know, right? But I don't know if, you know, people around the world, even around the country... Brad, I wouldn't UK assume basketball that I know anything. Is, well, I don't... Yeah, do you... When I say UK basketball, what do you know about that? Nothing. For a second earlier when you said that, I was like, what does Britain have to do with this? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, dude. Okay. Well, UK basketball is like... Well, you know, if I say Roll Tide, you know what that means. Yeah, I grew up in Alabama. Okay. Well, that's like... I mean, that shit's in my face every day. That's... Like, UK basketball is a huge fucking deal up here. So, after Sirens, Eddie starts talking about um, UK and the the basketball team's coach and just some of that stuff. And it was funny because half the crowd started, like, cheering, and Mm -hmm. then half of them started, like, booing. (laughs) So, I'm sure there's a lot of non-UK fans there. They right. were booing. It was pretty funny. But Ed said something about, well, when you look up at all those flags or banners, which is all the banners for the games they've won or I don't know. Right. It makes it like it sounds a lot better in here because of all the banners. Oh, right. So kind of like a fuck you to all the people booing, I guess. Right. so yeah then they go into education which you talk about a rare song yeah no joke that it's a that is a really you know i think i should have looked it up um it's been played nine times okay that's what i was gonna say yeah so and this was the first first time in five years that they had played it um so then eddie said something about Oh, what did he say? Um, something about Mike tried to go to college, but I'm glad he didn't because he wrote this song or wrote this something about this next song. Then they kick into even flow. fucking awesome <laughs> which fucking th- awesome yeah i mean <laughs> I, I you know how i no? feel about yeah yeah I, yeah yeah I, it was funny i was uh i was at home the other day but both, uh, both leslie and i had um we're like lucky enough to kind of have like short days for some reason i can't remember what was going on but i was in the kitchen and 
our garage, like you pull into the garage and then you walk into the kitchen. That's where you enter the mm-hmm. house in the garage. And uh, I heard I heard the garage door open and she pulls up and I hear my voice, which means she's she's listening to the podcast. <laughs> she's listening to the show, yeah. And so I go ahead and open the door that leads to the garage and she's shut the car off and open the door. She's like, you're a snob. And I was like, cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. She's like, I'm Brad Lyons. I I don't listen to a lot of bootlegs. Cause da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, my God. That's cool. I'm glad she still listens. Yeah, she's trying to get caught up. Cool. She, hey, she, Leslie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't even, even get a break at home. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give him hell well i just bring that up because it even flows one that i've said that's like um yeah. if i'm at a show hell yeah i mean yeah. they're most likely going to play it i'm not bummed yeah. that they're going to play even flow but if i'm also walking into a show and i'm thinking about man what are the songs that i would love to hear and maybe it's because i know i'm probably gonna hear even flow but um it's just not it's not like on the top of my wish list, I guess, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I love that song. I love it live. Yeah. So. It's a great fucking song. Are you kidding me? I, yeah. Then spin the black circle. To just fucking rocking out, <laughs> yeah. You know this set list is really schizophrenic. <clears throat> now that I'm really yeah. kind of looking yeah. through it, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, they make up for. I mean, we'll get to it, but the encore is the opposite of the intro. The first six songs, it's very slow. And super like, chill. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but we'll get there. Uh, so after spin the black circle is Army Reserve. songs yeah army, army reserves only been played 30 song or 30 times yeah uh, again i i the only thing i can figure is because it's lexington and they don't play you know they don't play the south that much right so i can only assume he he wanted to pack it with some some rarer ones sure which was fine with me and a nice little uh, shout out for vets too before that one We played to a lot of uh, active service members in the military. We played to a lot of veterans on this tour. Um, And I know there's some here tonight, so uh, 
We sure are glad you're here and not anywhere else. And I hope you get to stick around. And I, and I hope our government really pays attention and makes sure that everyone's taken care of after you've done all the hard friggin' shit already. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas Young, I think is he was talking about Thomas Young, who was uh, a soldier that got hurt. Um, And I think I think he he wrote a book or somebody else wrote a book. No, there's another dude wrote a book about him. And Eddie was just kind of giving him a shout out and thanking him for telling his story. Right. And I think it's I think it's. Is it? Uh, I'll get it wrong, and someone can correct me. But I think I think the book is called like Thomas Young's War. Okay, something like that. Uh, then we get Daughter, which I always like. <laughs> right. What <laughs> was know? the tag on this one? Uh, another brick in a wall. Then we get half full. That's another kind of rare one. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was cool hearing that one. tracker app yeah 74 times yeah that's cool does it say the last time it was played uh last played was in 2016 june 9th and says okay what Nash- about nashville what? oh that was that was um that was the bonnaroo secret oh, show it was the third man record before thing. yeah third man gotcha so cool which oh my god I should have gone if I had if I would have gone to Bonnaroo I probably would have gone to that third man thing oh hell yeah because they were they were like you know come come to the merch booth the night before and you, we'll give you something special or something and the something special was fucking tickets to that secret show oh damn because it was only like fifty people yeah. got the tickets right oh but. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we get "Given to Fly." Ooh, hell yeah! It's such a great song, dude. It's so great live. Oh, interesting. They did "Swallowed Whole" next. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Did they play that one that much? I don't no, think so. dude. 15 times. Woo. Right. I mean, I go. know that's from Lightning Bolt, and there's not going to be tons, but right. that's it's still not song, very much. Yeah. that's that's. I like that song a lot. I do, too. It was really good live. It came on so. my shuffle yesterday. I was like, man, this is one of those songs on Lightning Bolt that I think kind of gets overlooked. But Yeah, totally. Oh, God. You got Lucan? Yeah. Damn it. Lucan into rearview mirror. Woo. Pretty, pretty fucking amazing. First main set list, you know. Yeah. And it, even though it is schizophrenic, it it was very on the heavier side of their their songs. You know, they're more aggressive songs, more sure. rock rock songs, which which was awesome for me. But then, then we get the encore. So you got to realize where I'm at in my life in that moment. Like, we we were up till midnight the night before. Got up at three and spent the day like out there in line, and just went through this crazy main set of pretty heavier songs, you know. Sure. And so now I'm like. I'm really, really tired. <laughs> and Eddie comes <laughs> yeah, right, out right. and sings You've Gotta Hide Your Love Away, the Beatles cover. Right. Which he flubbed he flubbed it pretty good. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty funny to listen to. Um then he plays Just Breathe. Then mm. Thumbing My Way. I love those two. And then the ultimate like chill song, fucking comfortably numb. so happy i was (laughs) dude i was like i'm at a fucking pearl jam show and i'm and i'm not saying this like facetiously to be a dick uh, but i'm at a show and i'm like trying not to fall asleep and i'm like please play something heavy to get my you know to get my uh energy back up i was dying now i i must say dude comfortably numb by pearl jam is starting to grow on me all right, that's a movement. So that's cool. I can, I uh, part of it is the the sh- the um they they do the lights like you know Pearl Jam's not really known for like a light show and explosions and right. you know dance dancing girls and all that shit. But comfortably numb, they fucking bring the lights. It's it's pretty cool. So I can I'm, imagine. I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, and uh, then your then, your uh, Pearl Jam genie granted your wish. Yes, dude. The next three songs was like, whoo, like yeah. off the fucking charts. <laughs> Do the evolution. Oh, 
which is such a f- just fucking fun rocker, you know. And I always, I always think of um, when they played Madison Square Garden. They played this song, and the the stage started started shaking. Oh right! And they did they didn't know what was going on at first. Um, I always think like I want to, I want to do that to them again. <laughs> <laughs> That's really. So do the evolution, then they kick in a sonic reducer, which is like I mean you don't get much like heavier than that with Pearl Jam, you know what I mean? Sure. So, and then we get Porch. Boom. Uh, Classic. Oh, man. Porch is... I just... I love Porch so much. I'm sure (laughs) I've said that before, but it's just such an awesome song live because they do... You know, they jam out, you know? And during Porch, when they're jamming out, Eddie came down uh, off the stage and poured wine for me and my son and my nephew. Oh, damn. So that was pretty awesome. Hell yeah. I guess I didn't, I, you know, I forgot to explain what happened about my nephew getting a ticket. Um, I'll just go through it real quick. We yeah. were, we when we got there at like 4.30 in the morning, every time somebody would, somebody new would come up and sit in line, I would like tell them like, hey man, um, if anyone's got an extra ticket, like we need an extra ticket. We've got two, but we got three people here. And um just you know, we start talking with, with everybody and telling them the same the same thing. So about ten thirty or eleven, we were sitting there and actually my, my nephew, um he had I don't know if he went to get something to eat or get something to drink, but he wasn't there. But this woman named Dana came up to us. She's like, are you guys looking for an extra ticket? And I was like, yeah. She said, I've got a spare that my ticket buddy was supposed to be here today, but she flaked out last night at the last minute and said she wasn't coming. So I've got an extra ticket. And I was like, where where is it? She's like, it's GA. And I was like, oh, oh my damn. God, like, are you serious? She said, yeah. And I'm like, you want face value for it, right? And she was like, yeah, of course. Because it's a real big thing like with Pearl Jam fans like selling tickets for over face. Like it's, oh, really, right. frown- it's really frowned upon, you know? Um, but she was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I have to give you a hug. <laughs> so um, she was super sweet. And, you know, we hung out with her the, the rest of the day. And then my nephew finally showed back up. And I'm like, you are not going to believe it. We got you a ticket. And he, like, ran up and hugged this lady. Oh, that's so, so cool, man. It was awesome. It was really cool that we got to all sit together up front, you know. And so back to Eddie came down during porch and poured wine for us. And gave us these Man. little like Dix- Dixie plastic Dixie cups. Some first class service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, it was awesome. So that's the end of the first encore, and um, then they come back out, and uh, what is it, Jeff and little, Jeff and Stone? Switcheroo. Yeah, yeah, and we get smile.
which is, you know, I've said it before, that's one of my favorite songs. Yep. So I love seeing it live. Love seeing those dudes s- switch it up. You know, just yeah. something just something different, sure. you know? Um, and then we get Leaving Here, which we've talked about before. That's a, um Edward Holland cover Motown song. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen that before. I want to say in Fort Lauderdale, in, like 20 years ago. Fucking awesome. I love that song. It's a fun song, fast song. Um, and then we get into like the meat of the heavy hitters. Right. They uh, they played Black, um, which is my nephew's like favorite song, hmm. and he was just he. He was getting pretty emotional, you know. How old is your nephew? He is what twenty two, twenty three now. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's awesome. Yeah, Um, and my son is what twenty. Yeah, twenty seven. So cool. um, Black, and then they go into Better Man, um, and they put that save it for later tag mm. which is they've been doing that forever right i'm better man and then your favorite song my favorite song yeah fucking alive i want to say I can't remember what song it is, but I want to say it was Alive. Eddie starts throwing tambourines out to people, and then at one point he jumps off the stage, runs all the way to one side of the crowd, and then like halfway towards the back of the crowd, and he gives like a tambourine to some kids that are up there. He like oh, runs wow. up up the stairs to the crowd and gives this kid a tambourine and you know the band is while the band is playing and when he comes back i like held my hand way the fuck out and he high-fived me as he went back to the stage Ooh, and that dude um arjun from holland Mm -hmm. he sent me a video he was sitting way up in the seats but he took a video of that moment and sent it to me. Of, Dang, of dude. Eddie high fiving me. So that was, yeah, that was awesome. You were like destined to have a Pearl Jam podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Well, dude, you've got like all these video. Like, I don't think I knew some of this stuff from this show. Like, like the wine or him yeah. giving you a high five on the way back in. And then there's Wrigley where you gave him the baseball. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dude, that's, that's it's awesome. crazy that that just technology that you can get pictures and videos of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. If you haven't posted it's, some of that stuff, if you still have it, I know you posted some of the Wrigley stuff. The Wrigley one, yeah. I've, I've, there's on my like personal Facebook page. There's a ton of pictures, right? So, well, cool. Um, then we get, I, I don't know why, like I just had a feeling that they were going to play Rockin' in the Free World, but they didn't. They played Wrong. Bob O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
which I'm sure I've said in the past, Baba O'Reilly is like, I fucking love that song so much. And to see them playing it live just like gives me chills. Like I was freaking the fuck out. So yeah, that, was, that was pretty awesome. And then, <laughs> who was it that emailed? Yellow Bedwetter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like that. It's so dumb, that was a good but one. it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, they go into yellow lead better, and it's. I don't know. I always. I just. I love it. I love when they play this song because they turn all the house lights on. It's the end of the show. Everyone's all like spent, you know, and just wore out, you know. Sure. And it's just cool that. They got all the lights on, and Eddie's like waving at people, and Mike's doing his thing with this song. So yeah, man, it was it was a pretty incredible show. I'm totally and, jealous. I mean, I'm especially <laughs> like um, some of those more rare ones, you know, like yeah. Army Reserve, Education, Half Full, um, what Swallowed Whole another rare one let's see here um there was one more that i was looking at and i can't (laughs) yeah live man you got really lucky on that one yeah (laughs) um anyway but yeah just and uh, again man that those first six songs to start off the night yeah that's still like even just reading that list on a page is like damn yeah, I want to go to that show. <clears throat> like I said, like a lot more often than not, they start out with like release. And here lately, the last few years, you know, when they were younger, they would do release and then like animal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like release and like two or three low light slow songs. and then yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, and you but this, think about it too. This was, yeah. But those slow burn sets too. I mean, it makes sense over the years where, you know, in in '93, right? <laughs> you know, how many slow burn openers could they yeah. have? And yeah. their sets, their sets were usually shorter. And yeah. now they are. This well, it's the same concept where there's a slow burn in 93 with opening with release right because everyone's so jacked up anyway that you play that song then you go into the main set well it's the same concept now they Except just for do now they have 35 or, song sets right yeah. so they have two or three slow burns that build up to the heavy stuff but right. that's why i was so happy that they they went fucking balls out from the beginning you know sure and i was listening to this doing like 80 on my way to nashville last night and oh, just really? like it was yeah i was just like this is a fucking rocking ass intro <laughs> <laughs> as i'm flying down the interstate I that you're gonna break into a wesley willow song <laughs> and a rocket to russia yeah yeah well cool man so well thanks for walking us through yeah i hope i wasn't too boring you're so boring, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> I literally like fell asleep while you're talking a couple times. Yeah. JK, LOL. <laughs> um 
Well, yeah, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, if you want to email us, our email is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. We're on Reddit. We're on the porch. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash singlepodcasttheory. Um, thanks to all of you who have already done that. And I guess... It's time to go. So until next time, I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazik saying I miss you already. Hmm. Peace. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I died. I died and you just I died and you walked I died and you walked by and said no. I'm dead. Ah, that was hot. Fuck yeah. Woo!
Thank you. 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 Thank you.